0: Solve for X, episode six. Rich in iron. (sighs) God. I feel nauseous. <coughs> 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 oh, sorry. I've had quite um. I've had quite the doozy of a day. I don't. I don't have much to say in regards to a rundown of my workday. I saw one patient before I became a patient myself. This all feels like something that should be on an incident report though, so... I guess I'll tell you... Sorry. I guess I'll tell you everything. So it's all logged and, and whatnot, and if, if you care, then great. And if you don't, then just delete it or disregard. I feel like I can't um, catch a catch a full breath since since waking up. <sighs> I've been a nurse for about ten years now. I've overseen countless operations and procedures, but but I never had surgery myself. Never had surgery myself. I've been lucky to have been very healthy in my life so far. Basically, I don't have a basis for what surgery is supposed to feel like for the patient. I thought you got put under anesthesia, and boom, lights out till you wake up hours later after it all in ICU. That wasn't my experience. But, um, anyway, th- uh, this morning, I-, I clocked in for my 7am- <laughs> I clocked in for my 7 a.m. start. Um, there's a girl in pre-op I'd been attending to whose surgery was set for this morning, so I got to work getting her ready. The doctor came in shortly after. I know I voiced my concerns about Dr. Stevenson before, but I have to say it again because that man is a sexist pig, and the way he treats his patient is abhorrent. He had only begun going over the charts when another man walked in introduced himself as Dr. Minyard, said he was transferred here for a few shifts just to help lessen the load, which I mean, what a massive relief to us. We have been completely overrun and understaffed recently, so this was truly a blessing. And he seemed like a nice enough young man, quite burly, with broad shoulders, and his smile was all teeth. He spoke kindly to the girl awaiting surgery and listened attentively while Dr. Stevenson caught him up on the girl's condition. He seemed a tad bored by it all, if anything, but I can't blame him. (coughs) Sorry. I can't blame him. These things get to feel all a bit too routine after a while. Patients can stop feeling like fully-fledged people. It's not right, but I mean, your brain has to cope to compartmentalize what you're seeing and doing somehow. The girl seemed to be shivering, so I excused myself from the room to grab her a warm blanket, but I seemed to startle Dr. Minyard as I walked past. He stopped me, he grabbed my arm, and held firm. More a move I would expect from Dr. Stevenson, honestly. His look was almost one of Belief, But over what? I'm not sure. His nails were so sharp. As he removed his hand, the edge of one of them sliced my arm, leaving a thin red line in its wake. He apologized. But just, he said he got over eager. That he didn't know there were live ones here. I can't for the life of me tell you what that meant. So just, completely confused <laughs> I, I left the room I started walking down the hall to the supply room and that's when everything began to spin the hallway looked like it was one of those funhouse tunnels and this darkness began to creep in around the corners that small inconspicuous nick on my arm was throbbing as I felt the ground get closer and closer to me I'm afraid you'll have to get whatever happened next from one of my coworkers, as it was just black from then on. They said my appendix raptured, and I had to be rushed into an emergency surgery, which Dr. Minyard graciously performed. And... And... And that's it. That's all there is. Aside from... Well, what I can only imagine was nothing more than an anesthesia-fueled nightmare. (laughs) Uh, So, so that's all. That was, that was my day. Sorry, would you mind terribly if I told you about the nightmare? I've never been any good at keeping stuff like this inside, and I really don't think I could repeat this story to another person face-to-face without feeling like a loon, so just saying it to this little recorder feels more doable. It was just, it's just that it was so vivid and painful. I've never had a dream hurt before. Normally, when I was dreaming, if any harm would come my way, it would either feel like nothing at all, or my brain would wake me up immediately, like it panicked and didn't know how to replicate the feeling, so it just quit. I rather wish it, um one of those options. I've never heard of patients having dreams like this before, but 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 in the dream, it was black and then and then my senses started to come back to me one by one. First I felt cold. deafness of the operating table marking every place where the only protection to my bones is thinly stretched skin. The points were tender already, the beginnings of bruises, I was sure. Aching like I'd been lying there for hours already. Then, my hearing, I could hear this incessant beeping that on my ears, so loud and overwhelming, I almost flinched with every pulse. I say almost, because... See, that's when I found that I was completely unable to move at all. I still had feeling, I could feel the heat of panic and dread flow through me as I tried to get even a pinky finger to twitch, but nothing. The only part of my body capable of movement were my eyes, having shot open just to be blinded immediately by the fluorescent surgical light hanging above me. As I waited for my eyes to adjust, my smell returned. The stench of disinfectant and iron burning its way through my sinuses. the heat and panic came back there because in my job, iron, iron means blood. My eyes caught the movement of someone standing next to the table. He was dressed in surgical garb right down to the bloody scalpel in his hand. My eyes were just fixed on it. It was bloody. And this man seemed perfectly well. the blood must be mine. It sounds stupid, but I made myself count to three in my head before I looked down to my body. (laughs) Like I was a child. (laughs) Needing to count before I jump off a cliff into the lake below. Three seconds wasn't long enough (laughs) to prepare myself to see an incision going From the center of my chest to the bottom of my stomach. Skin was folded back out of the way to give better access to everything. I think some parts are still in the way, though. Because what looked like my large intestine was just, just pulled out, resting on my in a breeze it was never supposed to feel i tried to say something or scream but I, I couldn't it only made me choke around this tube running down my throat the attempt though to gain the attention of the surgeon and and initially i felt almost relief i thought he'll see i'm awake see, I was never meant to be the one open on this table and he'll put everything back where it belongs. But he didn't. He pulled down his mask and he smiled at me. All teeth was Dr. Minyard. He said good morning and began humming along to a song playing So distant, I-, I could only register it once he drew attention to it. It seemed familiar, almost. Th- though-, though I couldn't place from where. I was so focused on trying to place it, I hadn't noticed that he was speaking to me. I couldn't make out what he was saying. I, I-, I mean, I could hear him fine, but... What he was saying made no sense to me. His exact words aren't coming to me now, but the sentiment was that he he didn't know that there was food here. I remember he said he thought it was only synthetic wires and diurelectic liquid. That must have just been one of those things that like makes sense in dream logic, but not in the real world, because I mean, the meaning of that is completely lost on me now. He told me how hungry he's been. That this place has been starving him. I couldn't figure out how that was relevant to me in my current state until he turned the scalpel to me again. Your organs don't have the same touch receptors as, say, your skin does. The feeling of them being moved, cut, and removed unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. He laid the scalpel on the operating table next to my unmovable hand, like he was taunting me to just grab it. He reached in, and it felt like my entire core was one giant nerve set alight by the smallest of his movements. The sensation you have in your stomach when a roller coaster drops, mixed with the cut of a knife so sharp the pain comes only after you notice the blood. When I first started at this hospital, I found the transition from the classroom to the hospital to be a jarring one. I promise this is relevant, I just. I can point to any organ on a diagram and tell you every possible thing it does, all the things that can go wrong and how to treat it. But a 2D cartoon is nothing like what they actually look like, covered in blood and fluid encased inside. Eventually, you get it, but there's a learning curve. I found myself thinking of that when the doctor pulled my own appendix out and held it before him. I've seen so many patients' appendixes before, but never my own. It was smaller than I imagined. I mean, if I had to imagine it, no textbook or late-night study session would have prepared me, though, for, for the sound. For the sound your organs make when they're being bit into. All of Dr. Minyard's pearly white teeth stained in a thick, syrupy red. The more he ate, the more his whole body seemed to shift. Joints just slightly out of place, ankles not quite as smooth as they should have been. He looked as if he was drawn from the memory of a person unfamiliar with proper proportions. The hair on the back of my neck stood tall, but I still couldn't move a millimeter. I began to pray. I tried to block him out. He spoke to me as he chewed, spitting bits of blood and meat while he told me he was actually doing me a favor. That appendixes were nothing but taking time palms that I wouldn't have to worry about anymore he'd finished his meal by the time I finished my prayer and he began looking over me again, his eyes scanning over my dying body like a table at a potluck. He made a selection and began telling me how humans actually only need one lung to survive. As soon as he said that, my breath picked up speed. (laughs) I felt like I was trying to make up for a lifetime of breath in a single moment. Like I could get all the use I could before it was stolen from me. If I could just breathe enough now, it would make up for then. He wouldn't shut up as he carved. I couldn't understand a word he said as I felt like I was trying to breathe in a vacuum. Absorbing every breath I gave out and offering nothing in return. The only thing my ears could register was the alarm of the heart monitor pulsing incessantly in time with my panic. I thought during my prayer that I had made peace with dying on that operating table, but... But once it began to feel like it was no longer a concept, but... But my reality... I felt a determination I've never felt before. All of those stories of people who were moving their own limbs or lifting an impossible weight to survive ran through my head and suddenly made sense in a way they never did before. Granted, I didn't saw off my own limb or lift a five-ton truck, but I did ever so slightly begin to squirm. First, I, I got my fingers twitching my toes, and while he was ranting and rambling about how decadent a lung is, how the irony taste is so rich, he could never understand his counterparts who could eat a whole lung in one sitting, I I grabbed the scalpel in my clumsy hand and any movement I had, I lunged and stabbed him in the gut. I tried to keep the blade inside as I, as I collapsed back on the table to run it through him. I was in more pain than I ever thought possible. My senses disappeared into white static as the pain alone was more than my body could even process. The white faded. But the pain did not. As the hospital room faded back into my view... Dr. Minyard was hovering directly above me. All teeth laughing at me. I have no idea what he said though. All I could see was the bit of lung stuck between his teeth. I was sure that was it. I had no more strength. No more fight. No more ideas. He placed a mask over my face. I only thought that I hope my roommate feeds my cats (laughs) and explains to them why I won't be home from work, and I want them thinking I just left them, I wouldn't do that. They were all I could think of, as the stale air made my vision blur, till it all went black again. And then, against everything that I thought, every belief that I held, I awoke in the recovery room. My fellow nurses around me, and a stomach wrapped in gauze. That was when Dr. Minyard entered the room. I felt that panic again, the kind that runs so deep, where your body Recognizes danger before your brain does. He asked the nurses to leave. And I begged them to stay, but they did as he asked. And I tried to tell myself that that was just a dream. Cause there's no way that was real. And yet I just can't I can't catch my breath because I keep having these panic attacks. That's, that's why. He told me that he'd keep a close eye on me. That he would find me again once I was healed. At that he smiled. But he had the same bit of food. Of meat stuck in his teeth as he did in my dream. So I've decided I will ask my patients From now on, if they had any dreams while in surgery, and I pray for their sake, I'm the only one. Why is X in there? I'm pulling them out. Oh, yeah. I sent this one running before we went out. Why did you put Subject X in this test? They weren't assigned to it. Oh, I guess he went for the wrong one. They seem to have lost their appendix, as well as their right lower lobe of their lung, but I can't be sure without a more thorough check. Uh, No harm, then. Nothing they won't miss. Uh, Sir? It's a pain they don't regrow them like the accompanying cast. But they're still usable, so no use crying over lost organs, hey? That's not how that same. Right, well, uh, on to the next, then. Oh, but do process the file from our little outing first, won't you? Y- yes, sir. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please consider giving us a follow or leaving a review as it really helps us out a lot. Voice performances this week, we had Patricia Chai as Sloane, Evan Fennell as Nathaniel, and myself, Lee Fennell, as X. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr at solve4x podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.